Hello, I'm Janine Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly. We will also look at some of the week's biggest agricultural news stories. New on shelf this week is our 9 July issue, in which we look at how one farmer from the Eastern Cape is working to uplift emerging citrus growers in that province. Readers can also learn more about the digital tool that is helping fruit farmers in the Western Cape detect and solve production problems. Livestock enthusiasts can read about how an award-winning Hichenuit cattle farmer is making use of scientific breeding tools to improve his herd. And crop farmers can learn more about managing irrigation when water supply is scarce. Water availability has become one of the greatest limiting agricultural production factors. In one of our main features this week, Johan Kotzer of the Toy Agri Eastern Cape explains how they are managing this limitation and increasing their income per litre of water used. The Langkloof has last received its normal rainfall in 2015, with competition for water in urban areas and other farming regions resulting in deep cuts into water allocations to farmers in the region. To take control of the situation and improve their water use efficiency, the Toy Agri has invested in improved infrastructure, expertise and technology. They have 760 hectares under apple, pear, plum and berry production in the Langkloof and are also experimenting with kiwis for future production. Kutzer says that while their area under production and their water footprint have declined since 2005, the value of their output has increased by double digits. They achieved this by systematically redesigning and improving irrigation infrastructure during the replacement of old orchards. A decade ago, it was still considered okay to use a standard irrigation system that made blanket applications of water, which, according to Kotze, resulted in an over-irrigation of some parts of the orchard and under-irrigation of other parts. But rising costs, dwindling water supplies, and the move to higher-density plantings has sparked the move to more precise systems that, to a varying degree, account for soil, typography, and microclimatic differences. To ensure a long-term, economically viable solution, the Toy Agri make use of multidisciplinary teams of specialists who help with orchard planning and irrigation design. Orchards, for example, are divided into smaller sections according to their irrigation and nutritional requirements, based on the physical and chemical analysis of the soil, the intended cultivars and rootstock that will be planted. Along with infrastructural changes, long-radius micro-irrigation applicators have been replaced by either short-radius micro-sprinklers or drippers. Kutze says that each long-radius micro-sprinkler supplied water over about a 3-meter radius, resulting in huge wastage as water is not only supplied to the growing area, but also to the space between the tree rows. 
Short radius bicrows, on the other hand, irrigate a smaller area of only 1,5 meters, resulting in a 10 to 15% reduction in water usage. Drip irrigation is even more efficient than short radius microbes, but can only be used in cooler orchards with good water holding capacity. Their income per liter of water was further improved thanks to the use of improved cultivars and rootstock. All the new orchards are established under fixed nets for protection, while drape nets are used on the older orchards. All of these solutions combined has helped them to significantly improve their water use efficiencies. Now let's take a look at this week's livestock feature. Ichenut stat breeder Yusuf Rafat was this year's recipient of the RDB SA Statbook Elite Unique Performer Award. He received the award for his use of genomically enhanced breeding values and also for the key role that he played in ensuring that the Hechnut breed became the fourth breed of cattle to boast genomically enhanced breeding values. Rafat is a seventh-generation farmer. His forefathers were also born and raised in the Waterberg district of Limpopo, where he farms with livestock on the 240-hectare farm Ravatsris in the Morimoli area. He owns the Yari Yichnut Stad, which is kept on the farm along with the commercial cattle herd, as well as burgoat and dorper sheep flocks. Rafat makes extensive use of the Logic's essay stat book breeding values to not only improve his own herd's genetic breeding values, but the entire Hechenot breeds. According to him, the benefits of doing genomic tests far outweigh the cost factor. The genomic data that they get means that they can get optimum and more accurate breeding values in their cattle and they are able to breed for positive traits that will enhance the genetic potential of the Hechenot breed. He started his Yari stud in 2018 and says that he chose to breed with Hechenot cattle because it is a unique South African developed breed. Furthermore, he says, Hechenot cattle are well adapted to the different farming environments in South Africa due to their hardiness and their calm temperament. Ravat is breeding systematically to manage and eventually rid his Hechenot herd of the breed's double muscling trait. With the data they are able to draw from the genomic and DNA testing, they can be a lot more selective, which means that they can make faster progress in breeding programs at eliminating unwanted traits. His breeding criteria and selection is based on GEBV blip breeding values and careful selection that ensures animals are bred that will be highly fertile, require minimal assistance, and also cows will produce enough milk and calve easily. He selects for animals that are adaptable, have a calm temperament, and overall good balance with excellent meat carrying ability. They do performance testing on all their animals which include phase A, B, then C or D. All the bulls are taken for phase C testing, while heifers are put through phase D tests. Rafat says to get accurate statistics on which to base selection decisions. 
Farmers need to measure all their animals and not only the bulls. Due to the limited number of registered Higinuit breeders in South Africa and the limitations on the genetic pool available, Yari Stud is also at an advanced stage of breeding its own bloodlines, which will furthermore make this herd unique. The Higinuit is a cattle breeders association. It's very strict when it comes to breeding new bloodlines, and hence only cattle used in the establishment of the Ichnut breed, namely Bonsmara, Charolais and Afrikaner, may be used when breeding new bloodlines. Let's now quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. At the Guava Producers Association annual general meeting, Jacques Jordan, the CEO of the, the association, said that guava production in the northern regions of South Africa has more than halved over the past decade due to the devastating impact of guava wilt disease. In the Western Cape, which was free of the disease, guava orchards had also declined from 630 hectares in 2017 to 540 hectares. This was because farmers had removed trees due to low profitability. Approximately 70% of the guava harvest was still sent to the juice market, which, according to Jordan, simply did not justify the high labor cost associated with production. The fresh market was more lucrative, but limited, accounting for only 24% of production. Jordan said that for the industry to be stable, they needed to grow the fresh market through consumer awareness campaigns and the development of more appealing and improved cultivars. However, this will also require a production shift, as guavas aimed at the fresh market require different management and care practices than fruit aimed at the juice market. The harvest in the Western Cape was expected to increase from about 22,700 ton last season to about 23,700 tons this season. Next, an update on progress being made with this year's winter grain season. Toy Vessels, the assistant manager of NAMPO and marketing at Grain SA, said farmers in the Overberg and Southern Cape regions had had to plant in particularly wet conditions. Moreover, areas around Napier, Refierschunderend, Warneiskral and Streisboy suffered severe damage when between 100 mm and 400 mm of rain fell in mid-May, resulting in major loss of topsoil. The Swartland, by contrast, lack of rain forced some farmers to plant in dry soil. One of them was Melt van der Westezen, who farms near Muriesburg. He said that in his area, the rainy season had only really started in mid-May, and while the rain led to good germination, it has been dry since then, and also uncharacteristically warm during June. This means that farmers now need follow-up rain and cool conditions until September. Vessels anticipated that the total area under production would be roughly the same as last year, at about 750,000 hectares. 
The greatest difficulty so far had been the wet conditions in the Southern Cape and Overbrook regions, which made it difficult for farmers to follow their normal spray programs. The wet conditions had also meant that treatment for slugs, a particular pest of condola, was not as effective as usual. Let's now turn to road conditions in South Africa, the harvesting of the country's bumper citrus and grain crops could be hampered by poor road infrastructure. Research firm Frost and Sullivan Africa said in a report that 54% of South Africa's unpaved road network was in poor to very poor condition, and about one-third of the paved network was also in poor to very poor condition. The Eastern Cape Free State, Limpopo, Mopumalanga and Northwest were highlighted as the provinces most affected by this problem. Both paved and unpaved roads were in danger of degrading even further due to the severe backlog in infrastructure maintenance. In the Eastern Cape alone, the cost of repairing the damaged roads was estimated at about 23 billion rand. Justin Chadwick, the CEO of the Citrus Growers Association of South Africa, said potholes caused damage to citrus fruit as every time a truck drives over a pothole, it can bruise the fruit. He also said that the situation was likely to worsen as citrus farmers increased production. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join us again next week when one of my colleagues will discuss some of the features from the 16 July issue in which we speak to two farmers from the Karoo who have developed their own approach to holistic grazing management. The issue also offers some advice on how to breed and raise the ideal dairy cow and tips on how to write a business plan when applying for credit. Remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.